Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. It's part two. It's it's part two, part two, part, part two, part, part, part. part. Duh. No, Art, duh. we didn't even we didn't even rehearse that 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 was just like right it just happened um shout out to to everyone for joining us i'm your host tim petrop joined by michael and jason petrop the only two twins that give you that double goodness on week two in 2021 that duh duh in the day zero duh one what does that even mean? Um, I don't know. I tried to say what you said with duh, and it didn't work. Look, despite what you just heard from Jason, I promise he's smart. <laughs> and one of the things that he helped invent was the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, and that is something that you need to go get. It is the only fantasy tool of its kind. What do you get on the Brodo app for free, by the way? Fantasy player cards that update every week, that have every stat you need for every player. Who to start tool, start sit tool. Uh, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and advanced statistics, including throw true, true throw value and true target value. And we just added new this week a usage section that gives you snap percentages, uh, target percentages for every single team. Go check it out. Brand new to the app. One of the hardest things to find, but something now that is crucial to your fantasy advice to you for free. And the reason it's free is because of the people over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. If you're a patron already, thank you so much for supporting the show and the app. If you're not, for as little as $3 a month, you can support the show and get a ton more extras, uh, including extra, you can play in, in leagues with us. You can join the community on Discord, which is probably the best part of it. It's so It's so funny. When people ask in the Discord, like, what, like, who should I start? Everyone in the Discord has, like, a debate about it before me, Michael, or Jason can even get to it. And, like, people are making their decisions, and it's just like, you know, obviously everyone listens in the Patreon, and we have really sharp fans. Like, we, we have fans that are not looking to go to ESPN for advice. They're looking to go to, uh, you know, the real, the realist um, outside of that mainstream category. So, dope, dope community. I love it. Extra podcast per week is the waiver podcast. Team consultations, free giveaways, the DFS optimizer. So much on patreon.com slash brotofantasy. This is part two, which is weirdly our most watched episode, uh, our most listened to episode, I should say. Listened to episode, um, strangely, in my opinion, because uh, this is part two of part one. But I think it's because of the way we stack them, the way we release them. Um, but if you're listening to this, remember there is also a part one. Go check that out as well. Um, with that being said, you guys get ready. To, you guys, let me go back in time. Uh, are you guys ready to always ready? Get it done. All right, we start with our favorite team. Um, I don't know why. What am I even doing right now? With our favorite team, the New York Jetropolitans, taking on the Patriots. Um, at in the Meadowlands, which is uh, where the Jets play, let's start on the Jets side because you're probably not going to be playing Jets. I don't want to be playing anyone in that backfield. The you know Bill Belichick is still Bill Belichick, and Corey Davis went crazy last week, so I'm guessing that Bill Belichick is going to devote his resources to stopping Corey Davis, 
which means I'm a little lower on Corey Davis than I am how than I am going to be week to week throughout the season. No one really else is worth it. Keelan Cole is going to be Keelan Cole. Um, I I just you know eh, I don't want any Jets. Yeah, the running backs. I do want to say though, Ty Johnson played fifty four percent of snaps, had three targets. Two Coleman's twenty six percent of snaps, zero targets, and Michael Carter's twenty five percent of snaps, two targets. Michael Carter played more than I expected. I didn't expect him to really touch the field in his first game. Um because that's basically what it seemed like was going to be the case based on preseason hype and things of that sort. So Ty Johnson is their running back to roster at the time. Week one was really, really bad for the entire Jets backfield. So wouldn't want to trust Johnson, but still wouldn't want to cut him unless I really had to. But I do agree with you in that Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder. Well, I want to say Corey Davis is um, the main guy that you would want to use this week against New England. Um, I understand why people are a little scared against New England, but I'm still starting Corey Davis. He looked like he had a great rapport with Zach Wilson, just building off what was happening in preseason. Um, preseason, and he had those the tremendous, tremendous two touchdowns, um, both very nice. So he played very well. I, he's not someone I'm just gonna fade just because. Oh, the New England Patriots, like the Patriots aren't who they used to be. Let's let's be honest, like they're not the Tom Brady Patriots anymore. They're just a team. Like, I think people are overhyping the New England Patriots still. So well, I'm going to start Corey Davis um, as a wide receiver three with upside. And then Jamison Crowder, someone I think has some sneaky upside because nobody wants Jamison Crowder, right? Nobody's considering Jamison Crowder. I don't think I've heard his name once, but he's off the COVID list. And Braxton Berrios in 57% of snaps had seven targets in what I assume is going to be Jamison Crowder's role. And Jamison Crowder is better than Braxton Berrios. If New England does take a lead and they have to pass a lot, Jamison Crowder could end up with seven, eight catches, and he'll remind people that he's not some scrub, and he does have several years of fantasy relevance in his career. So I think Jamison Crowder is someone who, sneaky, sneaky, maybe add him now while people are just still completely forgetting about him. Denzel Mims played. Do you have the snap count in front of you, Michael, by any chance? Denzel Mims, I didn't even write down because he played like two or three snaps, I think it was. And he played two or three snaps, and he caught like a 50-yard ball on one of them. I don't understand why this guy's not getting a chance. Just not a a discussion for another time, but let's go over to the Pat side. James White is someone who has always killed um, the Jets. Damian Harris had a big fumble, which usually puts you in the doghouse, but we went over this in the Monday review show. Ramondre Stevenson is also hurt. And then you have J.J. Taylor, who was a healthy scratch. I'm sorry, who also fumbled, not as also hurt. So who's going to take over for Damian Harris? I think if Damian Harris gets less touches because he's in the doghouse, I think James White is going to be the benefactor for some more swing passes. So, you know, I'm a, I'm about James White this week. I think he's a sneaky start. He has good history against the Jets. Um how are you feeling about this? And I'm also starting Damian Harris, although I do I do go into it with the preparation of there's a chance Damian Harris might be like a 10 carry for 34 yards kind of game if he is in the doghouse. Like, I have to prepare for that. Yeah, like Michael said, this isn't the same Patriots, and I feel like people just want the Patriots to be a, like a great offense with Mac Jones, but 
Mac Jones just looked like a game manager quarterback last week, which is fine. He's a rookie. It's his first game. But I don't expect him to light up anything. But on the flip side of that, that means that they're probably going to rely on the running backs more. And J.J. Taylor was a healthy scratch. James White is not going to be the lead running back. We all know that. So that leaves two guys who fumbled. So their fumbles will cancel each other out. Damian Harris, who had 25 touches last week, even had two catches, will be the lead running back for the Patriots against a Jets team that likely isn't going to score a lot of points. So I'm I like Damian Harris as a start this week. Speaking of good starts, I love Nelson Aguilar this week. I love the way he was deployed in the offense last week. I think Mac Jones is a good enough player where he can hit him on a consistent basis, particularly against the Jets, who have a very weak secondary. Um, I'm I'm starting Nelson Aguilar with a lot of happiness in my heart this week. I like the the bold proclamation. I think he's a decent wide receiver three flex play. Not getting enough love. He should have been higher on waiver wires. He should be on teams. If he's not, you should go get him. I mentioned it before the season started that you should get him. He was a, had a very good first game for the Patriots, and I think it established he's the clear number one option. Jacoby Myers saw his fair share of targets, but they were all shorter passes. So um, you could take your 10 targets and your 40 yards and suck it because I don't want any of that. And give me the guy who has a chance of catching a 50-yard touchdown every week. So, of the Patriots wide receivers, Aguilar is enticing. He's the only guy I'm really considering starting. Jacoby Myers is a PPR flex play, maybe. But nothing more than that. And even then, I'd probably want to look elsewhere. Guys, I would start you, Aguilar over, like, a Marquez Calloway. Just throwing that out there. I do like Aguilar this week, too, as a wide receiver three flex guy. Off the... Completely off the, the reservation. Did you just see that they are just announced right now they're doing in-season hard knocks with the Indianapolis Colts on HBO? Yeah, first one ever. That's fire. Breaking Interesting. News. That is fire. I'm definitely going I to that. I didn't even watch the last, like, three seasons of hard knocks. I got to watch those. You're wild. Uh, hard knocks is great. The, the Jets have, like, a fake hard knocks called One Jets Drive. That's trash. Hard knocks is so good. Um... Any other Patriots receivers, not not tight ends. We'll get to the tight ends in a second. Any other Patriots receivers that are worth a, a look? I mean, Jacoby Myers only in PPR. Um, the dude may end up setting the record for most snaps played before catching a touchdown. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. I just, I'm just making that up, but it seems that way because he just does not score a touchdown. So if you want to... Get someone who has a chance to get you 11 points worth of catches and receptions. Go for it. Like, that's why me and Jason haven't been high on Jacoby Myers. Like, right now, his expert consensus ranking is 10 spots ahead of Nelson Aguilar, which is a complete joke. Again, this is why people suck at fantasy football. It's really stupid. Um, So, yeah, if like he's a, a very, very low ceiling type of guy who, if you want to trust him against the Jets... He had his one ginormous game against the Jets last year where he had like 180 yards, but I don't think that's going to happen again. So, I mean, yeah, middling flex play, really. Jonu Smith, interesting play here. Um, How do you feel about him and Hunter Henry in this game? Jonu already on the injury report, which is not good. An abdomen injury, Um, you got to – like, you got to feel for the dude who somehow always seems like he's on the injury report. But so far, so good. Like, he's still practicing and everything. It just it sucks that he's already on the injury report. 
It was interesting to see him deployed on 73% of snaps and Hunter Henry, who missed a lot of time, deployed on 72% of snaps. So he was in there just as much as Janu, and both were involved. They were on the field together quite a bit as well. Hunter Henry went three for 31. Janu Smith went um, five for 42. He was the more dynamic um, receiving option of the two. I think that continues. I think it's a good spot for Janu Smith to possibly find the end zone. I've been saying it all offseason. I'm not really super intrigued by either of them because I feel like they're just going to vulture each other. Um, but against the Jets is a good time to take a shot on one of them if you need to or if you want to, if you're struggling at the tight end position because the Jets are not a, a very good secondary, as you pointed out, Tim, and they could certainly be beat up a bit by uh, by the tight end position. So we'll see how we'll see how it goes for... Johnny and Henry this week, but of the two, I prefer Johnny, and I think he's more of a a low end tight end one option, and Hunter Henry more of a mid range tight end two option. Jason, any thoughts? Jason, oh, there it goes Jason, the mute, <laughs> the classic mute issue. No, I concur with what with everything Michael said. All right, let's go on to our next game then: the Bengals at the Bears in the Battle of the Bees. Um. Andy Dalton revenge game, anyone? Um, no. So the I, I mean, didn't even think about that. Andy narrative. Dalton that's, revenge that's game sounds about as <laughs> as threatening as like I don't even know. Don't Fourteen know. rabbits attacking a as, giant squirrel. That's pretty, <laughs> that sounds pretty. Fourteen scary. rabbits are a little intimidating. It's like if there's fourteen rabbits they... in your room right now, you'd be like, oh shit, what do I do? Bro, I was at a... Yo, you want to hear something funny? I was in the in the supermarket today and this old guy i'm just walking by and he goes you know there uh this is a trick here and he's like holding a can i'm like what <laughs> and he's like this stew it's like some weird named stew he goes you see how it says with chicken i'm like yeah he goes this is supposed to be made with squirrel and he starts telling me how all about this stew and how it's supposed to be made with squirrel but they put chicken there because people probably wouldn't want to eat squirrel and then he also had this dish that had rabbit in it i was like i've had rabbit before but not squirrel and he just spoke to me for like five minutes, and he was like, "All right, have a nice day," and walks away. I was like, "I was not expecting that to happen." That was nice, nice guy, of, though. That's nice if you do that. Just just a quick story for you though, too, because I had a weird walk through the park. There's like one stretch of park. I was holding my son. This one guy just yells at me. My mom had <laughs> my mom had seven. I'm like, what? He goes, my mom had seven, and he starts naming all the his brothers and sisters. And then I walk, <laughs> and then as I'm walking out from him, there's like this, there's like this nine year old girl who has bird feed in her hands, and there's mad pigeons around her, and, and they're like on her, they're like on her, and it's like, all right, well the pigeon master. And then as I'm walking by the pigeon master, there's cracked out dude was on like a was on the thing, was on like a like this um like this shelf, and like they usually and, and he's just. I, I, I like gave him a little head nod and he just looked down and goes, I'm unshakable. I'm unshakable. I'm unshakable. I was like, yo, that was like a weird ass sequence of like the last three minutes. Um, that sounds very strange. Anyway, bears at Bengals. You know what happened to me today? What you looked at I beautiful ate, scenery at, at, in I Ithaca, New York. <laughs> um, so let's get to the wide receivers. Cause I think the wide receivers are the most interesting part of this game for the Bengals. What order are you putting the wide receivers in? Because Higgins led the team in targets until he left the game with an injury last week. Um, Jamar Chase looked every bit as advertised last week. And Tyler Boyd well, he wasn't nearly as 
involved as people thought he would. People looked at Tyler Boyd like the juju of this offense where he'd get the most targets uh, but maybe not get the most fantasy production. How are you looking at these wide receivers in this matchup against a pretty good you know, Bears defense that did get lit up but are better than what they showed in week one? Yeah, that's not how I looked at it, man. I was fading Tyler Boyd all year. I don't know why he was going so high. Same. The fact of the matter is there are two very good wide receivers on the outside now for the Bengals. And if Joe Mixon's going to be a little more involved in the pass game, or if they're going to run a little bit more, Tyler Boyd's going to be out of man out. And it makes sense. It's just the evolution of the offense. Um, <laughs> but if you look at what the bears have done in their last nine games. So the last half of last year and the first week this year, They've allowed 16 touchdowns and almost 40 fantasy points to wide receivers. So they've been not the stringent Bears defense that you're used to seeing. So there's definitely room there for the offense to thrive for the wide receivers. Higgins ended last week with four catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown. But there was a point in the game where Higgins was legit carted off the field with dehydration issues. So he didn't play the whole game, and then had to deal with dehydration. And he was still very good. And then Jamar Chase, have you guys seen that video of him just making Patrick Peterson look like an idiot yeah. on a route that hilarious. he passed on to him? Amazing. Fucking hilarious. And he still caught a fucking 50-yard touchdown. So Higgins and Chase, um, I'm starting happily this week. Tyler Boyd is more of the PPR flex, like Cole Beasley type receiver than... I think Cole Beasley's even being kind. Cole Beasley's being... No, I was going to say Cole Beasley might end with more fantasy points this year. Than that's Tyler what Boyd. I mean. Like, it's being kind to Cole, yeah. Cole yeah, that's, Beasley. That was Tim's point. I'm with Jason, though. It's Chase Higgins, Boyd for me, and pretty significantly Chase and Higgins because, as Jason pointed out, when, you ha- when you're on a team with two alphas, you can't really expect to get the volume. And we both... We all think, really. I don't know. I know me and Jason like Higgins a little bit more than you, Tim, but me and Jay certainly think they're both alphas in uh, Chase and Higgins. If you're looking at just the usage numbers on the other side, Darnell Mooney, seven targets. Allen Robinson, 11 targets. Darnell Mooney, Mooney 100% of snaps. Only went for 26 yards, though. A-Rob only went for 36 yards. This was not a good game for them. But this is a better matchup than the Rams. Not the greatest matchup, but a better matchup than the Rams. Are, is this the Allen Robinson bounce-back game? Um, is this the Darnell Mooney coming out experience? How do you feel about these wide receivers? I have Allen Robinson well above consensus this week, actually. I like that. One. I have Allen Robinson like at wide receiver 9 compared to um, wide receiver... What was the consensus? Wide receiver 13, so... When you're that high, I think that counts as well above consensus because we have seen Allen Robinson dominate in games where he uh, he has good matchups. And I'm not scared of the Cincinnati secondary like they're OK, but they're not Allen Robinson level um, by any means. So I'm actually very, very excited about Allen Robinson this week, especially coming off of a bad. I want to say bad, but I mean, underwhelming performance. He did go against Jalen Ramsey last week, which. He has struggled in his career against Jalen Ramsey, which, oh, well, a lot of people struggle against Jalen Ramsey. I don't think that's um, that's in question. So I think Allen Robinson has a, some big blow-up potential here in a game where in the past he 
he has blown up. Like th- this is an Allen Robinson type game, in my opinion, because I do think Cincinnati is going to put up points. Like Jason said, they've been beatable through the air, and that's where uh, Joe Burrow and company excels. So I think this chance, this game has a chance to be more high scoring than people uh, may think um, initially looking at it. I'll tell you who really impressed me, and I'm not the only one. As I look through the other like people who I respect, I'm not the only one who David Montgomery stood out to me when he was playing. Like, oh shit, this is a guy who's improved. This is a guy who's better than when I last saw him. I'm not gonna act like I went. I, I watched all the tape of him beating up on shitty teams last year at the end of the year. So the last time I really saw. You know him play in a in a primetime game. He's improved a lot from that. So I think you fire up Monty with confidence. You obviously fire up Joe Mixon with confidence after he gets the ball thirty two times, and uh, you enjoy a, a pretty good game from running backs in this game. A- any thoughts? Did someone get muted again? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I thought Jason was going to talk about Darnell Mooney since Jason uh Jason hates Darnell Mooney. <laughs> Dude. Look, it's the Mooney line, baby. We should just keep the Mooney line as a thing this year because he's still a do. So yeah, you gotta move it up, though. Are we gonna move it up? We should. They didn't move up last week. Are you saying we need to use a better player than Darnell Mooney? No, or like move it up. I guess it has. I guess. I guess not. I guess not. The Mooney line is the do line because I don't care if he played a hundred percent of the snaps. He did nothing. And this is just another guy that everyone gets obsessed with. It's fucking Christian Kirk all over again. Except Christian Kirk actually had draft capital. I don't understand the Darnell Mooney love, man. Yo, how about the no, fact... No, I don't expect him to do anything against the Bengals. Jason, I hope I hope he's so good just because I want to hear you be like, well, you know who... Oh, um, do you know who... Could, yeah, he could do good, but Do you know I who it. could do good, too? Cole Komet got seven targets last week. Just putting that out there. And he played the vast majority on the time of the field. And they love Cole Komet there. Interesting guy to keep an eye on. Michael Michael's talking about him in the in the offseason. I'm even cool oh, yeah. to you could even start Komet this week if you need a tight end. Like if you had Mike Kosicki and you're panicking, <laughs> as you probably should. Bro, be, what the fuck happened we'll with get, that guy? <laughs> we'll get to him next, I think. Yeah. I'm starting Komet over Kosicki easily. Like I Komet I have him as my thirteenth tight end this the twelfth tight end this week. All right, let's let's do a seamless. I just want to add I do want to add real Michael quick always, always interrupting my seamless transitions. I didn't want to speak out of turn because I wanted to say something, but I but wasn't you, entirely sure. But so you I had to are check. currently yeah, Cincinnati, speaking turn. Cincinnati lost their good cornerbacks over the offseason. So now they do have a trash. I forgot if they had their... Uh, um, I'm blanking on the dude's name. The only good cornerback they ever really had. Yeah, William Jackson. But now their cornerback crew of Eli Apple, Mike Hilton, and Shadobi Awuzie is Oof. just really bad. So... Fire up Allen Robinson, and I even 100% of snaps for Darnell Mooney. I think he has some flex appeal here, even though I know Jason doesn't like him at all, and it is risky with Andy Dalton-led offense, but it's a bad secondary, man. Let's go over. Are we talk about Joe Mixon? Yeah, we just said. He you start Joe Mixon. Play. You start him. Oh, okay. 30-plus to... touches. Yeah. Hot damn. Anything you want to say about Joe Mixon besides that? We'll see if this continues. I mean, he's, a, he's, yeah. he's not a good player, but if he's going to get that opportunity, then that's what you do. <laughs> Um, Bills at Dolphins. Smooth transition out the window. Let's talk about Mike Kosicki because that was the most confusing. <laughs> He's like one of the more conf- like if Brandon Ayuk wasn't like the main star of confusion over the weekend, Mike Kosicki would probably be the main star of confusion. Dude, if 
I, I just don't get it from like a developmental standpoint. Like this was Tua's <clears throat> number one target last year. Most targets, most receptions, most yards. This was the guy Tua went to. And then he's going at the year two. You want him to take that leap. And you just don't play his safety blanket. You, what the, I'm blanking on the other tight end's name. I'm sure you or Michael will correct me. Durham uh, Smythe. You use Durham Smythe as a blocking tight end most of the game. And you just throw Gasicki out the window. And that wasn't even with Will Fuller. That was with an injured Preston Williams. So when Fuller, Waddle, Devontae Parker, Williams are all around, where's Gasicki fit in? Gasicki, 39% of snaps to Durham Smythe, 70%. I think they made it very clear that they want a pass-blocking tight end and the receivers will do the receiving work because that is just super ugly. And like Jason said, that was without Will Fuller. Jalen Waddle stole a lot of the slot snaps that Mike Gasicki had last season. This is borderline Mike Gasicki should be dropped in all leagues status. It's one week, so I don't want to jump to conclusions, but that was without Will Fuller. And now Will Fuller's back. If it's similar this week, um, I think you could absolutely drop him. It was just, I wasn't expecting this this season. I thought Kasiki, even though they brought in the pass catching weapons, I think he showed a lot of improvements last year and had some very nice games. I didn't expect them to just completely just take him out of their plan this season, but it does look like that is the way they're trending. But again, it's only one game, so I don't want to completely jump to that conclusion just yet. Jalen Waddle was one great defensive play away from catching two touchdowns in his first game. Very impressive. Danny Waddle away. Very impressive. Jalen Waddle at a twenty two percent target share ran around on ninety three percent of the Dolphins passing plays. He was very involved. It's gonna be interesting to see how that changes with Will Fuller around. But if Waddle's coming out of the slot a decent amount, then it's not really a big deal if Will Fuller is back. So yeah, if anything, maybe it opens it up a little more for him. Yeah, so I, I think it was an impressive debut from Waddle. But now they're facing the Bills, who just shut down three very good wide receivers. We know Deontay, Juju, and Claypool are good Clay. wide receivers. Um, we don't know if today... Like, who's the better quarterback today, Big Ben or Tua? That's a debatable question. That's a good question, yeah. So we're dealing with a quarterback that's not clearly better than Big Ben, three receivers who probably aren't as good as the other guys, and it's just an offense that isn't as good. And if they shut down the Steelers, they can likely shut down the Dolphins. I mean, is that the end of your sentence? I mean, it makes sense. Um, I'm still... The Bills' defense is a, is a defense that I think, on paper, you see a lot of talent. Last year, they were susceptible. But as the year went on, they were more susceptible last year. And I think that's going to be the same thing. Washington just passed the ball three times inside their own 20 in a row with Tyler Hineke. And, of course, they punted. Give I do want to give the ball to Antonio Gibson. I do want to add, though, that. Look, Will Fuller is currently wide receiver 62 in expert consensus rankings. I have him at 35. Um, People are just forgetting. I don't know what it is, but people just decided that Will Fuller isn't a good player now for whatever reason. And reminder, people, that Will Fuller was a top 10 wide receiver last season before 
he got fucking suspended for PEDs. The suspension is over. He's back. I know he's on a new team with a worse quarterback. There's no denying Deshaun Watson is better than Will Fuller. I don't think anyone's going to argue that. But Tua could at least throw downfield. He showed last season, and Will Fuller is the downfield threat. So I think people are just really bugging out with Will Fuller. Like, I don't see why you wouldn't just stick him in your lineup if you have him. Because, I mean, it's Will Fuller. Every single time he's been healthy in his career, he's been a top 30 wide receiver at the very least. What about a guy who looked really good last week, uh, Devontae Parker? Where does he fit in in this mess? Yeah, I mean, Devontae Parker has had a good week, and he's someone I've been eyeing all season. I mean, the it's not like the Bills' cornerbacks are tremendous outside of Tredavious White. They're very beatable, Levi Wallace, Teron Johnson. It's going to be interesting to see um, who he, Tredavious White lines up against the most. I think Parker makes the most sense as someone who – lines up on the outside but yeah Parker has been someone who the entire season I was like this doesn't make sense his ADP because he is better than wide receiver 70 or wherever he was going off the board four for 81 he had last week interesting to see how this week goes now um against the Buffalo Bills I mean with Will Fuller on the squad finally a fully healthy team for Tua to work with I don't know if I'd want to trust Parker this week but He's definitely someone to keep an eye on because if he commands another seven, eight targets, which I don't think is out of the question and shows that he's a a real threat in this offense, then he could be useful moving forward. Let's go over to the Bills side. Josh Allen, when he played the Bills last year, finishes the QB2 with 415 yards and four TDs. But that was week two last year. It's week two this year, and that that defense has come a long way since week two of last year. Um with that being said, I am not scared to play uh, Stefan Diggs. Yes, Xavier Howard is a very hard matchup, but Stefan Diggs is one of the better receivers in the league. I'm going to want to start Cole Beasley for sure. Gabriel Davis caught a touchdown. He's an interesting start. I'm I'm hoping that Josh Allen has a, has a bounce back. I think that he will have a bounce back in division, and these running backs for me are never in consideration. Although Devin Singletary with a backfield to himself – is a little more appealing than Devin Singletary splitting with Zach Moss, who was a healthy scratch last week. How are you guys looking at this Bill side? Yeah, I like a lot of the guys that you mentioned. First off, Stephon Diggs. He had 14 targets last week, so he's good. But Cole Beasley had 13. And if you look back, Cole Beasley now has double-digit targets in five of his last seven regular season games. He is Josh Allen's number two target. And he's a valuable player, no matter whether you like it or not. He's a wide receiver three. You can put him in your lineup happily, honestly. PPR, obviously better than standard, half PPR in the middle. But Cole Beasley is an established wide receiver three at this point that nobody that nobody cares about. And then the interesting thing for me was Emmanuel Sanders was like the deep threat for the Bills. Instead of Gabriel Davis taking that role and Beasley and Sanders like working in the slot a little with Beasley. He was he was like running deep routes. And I'm sorry, but I don't want to start the old man on the Bills that's running deep routes. And Gabriel Davis just makes plays, but he caught a touchdown, of course, because that's just what he does. He makes plays, but he doesn't see enough targets for consideration. Gabe Davis reminds then me see- of reminds me of Robert Woods when he was on the Bills. Like, yo, these guys are clearly playmakers. They just don't get the opportunity. 
Yeah, I mean, different styles, but I feel you on that analogy. For sure. But, and then Devin Singletary had five targets. Like, what? Singletary, five targets? So, I'm not completely out on Devin Singletary, like you said. I think he's a decent running back three flex play. If you went zero running back and you had Devin Singletary and he has to be your RB2, you could do worse because it's Miami's defense. 75% of snaps. Yeah, man. We we said last year Singletary is better than Moss. It took the it apparently took the Bills a year to notice that. I'm interested to see if Zach Moss is a healthy scratch again this week. But if Singletary is getting 75% of the work on the Bills, then that's something you take note of. And he's a decent start. The Bills said that not only was Singletary better, but they just said Matt Breida was a better player yep. than Zach Another Moss. Another guy we've been saying is better than Zach Moss as well. Yeah. Which. And Matt, I do want to. Matt Breida is better than a lot of guys. You just can't stay healthy. I would like to add Dawson Knox four targets, which is interesting. But what I wanted to add was uh, Miles Gaskin, who he kind of glossed over. Um, fifty-five percent of the fifty-four percent of the snaps, and then Gross. it was mixed in between Malcolm Brown and Salvan Ahmed. Brown Gross. was ahead of Ahmed. But I mean, I mean, he got nine rush attempts. He got five targets. He does look like the lead back there. Cool. So it was a rough. It was a rough game overall. For the Miami offense against New England, there wasn't too many big performances. I mean, there wasn't any big performances, but Miles Gaston getting the five targets and um, and the nine rush attempts, clearly the main guy in that backfield, which was questioned for a little bit in the preseason. So Gaskin should continue to be a, a weekly RB2. So he's not someone you're super excited about in a matchup against the Bills. It's not it's not great. Um, he doesn't he's not someone who I'm super excited to play, but he should still be at least a viable RB2 this week. The next game on the docket is the Falcons at the Bucks, and I'm going to make this just very easy for everyone. If your name's not Calvin Ridley and you're on the Falcons, you're sitting that person. If you're on yeah. the Buccaneers, you're are you starting just, that person. Are you not starting Kyle Pitts is what you're saying? Hell no. No way. Oh, I'm, my goodness no, gracious. No, you're I'm so not annoying, Kyle Pitts. yo. Why would I start Kyle You're Pitts? <laughs> Why? What? What is the purpose? Who the trying? fuck are you gonna start over Kyle Pitts, Tim? If you spend a fourth or fifth round pick on Kyle Pitts, who are you gonna you're gonna Cole pick Komet. up and start Hunter Henry over Kyle Pitts? If if Jonah Smith doesn't play, hell hell yes. Kyle Pitts saw eight targets and ran a shitload of routes. It was a terrible game for the Atlanta offense. You, if you drafted Kyle Pitts, you're starting him. Period. The, no, I think you're going to regret that let let's let's make a bet i bet you kyle pitts ends outside of tight end 10 yeah sure i'm in jay you want in or no no i'll let you guys have this one i'm right. in the middle i think i have pitts ranked at tight end 10 so my my favorite last year is everyone going but kyle pitts is not a tight end he's a wide receiver no he's a tight end and he lined up outside a lot just oh, yes he did he moved around the formation he's still a tight end and if he was a wide receiver, well, then he's a rookie learning a new position in his second game against a fantastic defense in his division. I don't want any of that. I don't want. I don't want. It. I don't want it. So you know who I don't want, and it's earlier in the season than I thought. Mike Davis. No, no, not with that. Quarter, not the way Cordero Patterson. If the Falcons was are going to put up six against the Eagles, yikes. I don't yeah. want the running back against the Bucs. They just locked down Zeke. I know 
I was, oh, the look at the Cowboys just went with a pass first game plan. Whatever. They still lock down Zeke, and the Falcons are going to have to pass a lot as well to keep up with the Bucks. So I I have Mike Davis like in back end RB3 territory. I don't want to touch I do him want to, this week. I do want to add to him that the Cordero Patterson hype is a little bit over exaggerated because he just happened to get the ball a lot when he was on the field. He only played 33% of snaps. Um, Mike Davis played 75% of snaps. So Cordell Patterson got the ball when he was on the field, but he wasn't on the field that often. I think yeah. it's a, it's getting a bit, I, I think what I, much hype. what I mean by that is if Cordell Patterson is involved at all, that's too much involvement for me because the re- the <laughs> only reason why I want, Mike Davis is because he has that backfield to himself. And now you see he doesn't. So that's I, that is just too much for me. If if there's not if there's nothing else like the running backs. How about the the running back for the Buccaneers? That's that's going to be interesting because Bruce Arians Dude. came out and said Ronald Jones is starting this week. Whatever the and fuck. And you know what is. he said on his podcast or radio show or whatever it is today? I have uh when asked about his running backs that I have three starters. Dude is mad, annoying. I mean, this is what we expected, though, man. I mean, the like week one, Rojo fumbled the ball away. Boom, he played. He his game basically ended. Leonard Fournette completely took over. Sixty-five percent of snaps, seven targets. Gio Bernard played twenty-six percent of snaps, three targets. If you still roster Gio Bernard, you are. I don't want to be mean, but you're dumb. Please just go ahead and get rid of Gio Bernard. They just were in a shootout. And he got more than double. Leonard Fournette got more than double the targets Gio Bernard did. And Gio Bernard's role is supposed to be third down back getting targets. Like there's literally a no reason in the entire world to ever even consider rostering Gio Bernard unless something happens in that backfield. As long as Fournette and Rojo are healthy, he should not be in a roster. And now we have this damn Bruce Arians just saying whatever whatever he wants all the damn time about this backfield. If one of them fumbles, probably heading to the doghouse again. I don't know, man. Like, I didn't draft anyone in this damn backfield the entire year because I didn't want to have to deal with it. How could you possibly feel confident throwing one of these guys in your lineup? I mean, it worked with Fournette. I mean, it, it looked like it was going to work with Fournette, but then Fournette didn't even take advantage of his opportunities. Ended with eight fantasy points. So, like, throw them in your flex if you want or if you need to, to throw them in your RB2 and just... Cross your fingers and hope. If anyone says they know what's going to happen in that damn backfield from week to week, they're lying to you. I, I think I think if there's any game to start them, it's this one against the Falcons because they're so... I mean, and, and Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans gets touches this week because I think Tom Brady's going to be cognizant of that. Antonio Brown is a guy that might lead the entire team in targets. Chris Godwin is every time he's on the field, he sticks out as someone who's great. And he was involved last week. And then you have, of course, Rob Gronkowski, who went crazy last week, and the Falcons are historically terrible against tight ends. I mean, not all of them are going to be great in fantasy, but there's no way you can't start all of them. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty nuts. Correct. It's a it's an offense with, right now, it seems like four people who you need to start every week. It's funny because when the preseason started, I had Gronk ranked as like my tight end seven. 
And then I was like, all right, it's a little while. He's mad old. He's gronk. I ended up moving him down a little bit, but I was still higher than expert consensus on my rankings for him. And then he comes out and scores two touchdowns. And everyone's like, oh, shit, Gronk is Gronk. Like, you just needed a reminder. Like, of Bro, course, he's not prime Gronk. Of snaps, but... Eight targets. Dang. Yeah, if you're playing that much with Tom Brady, then especially at the tight end position, you're an every week starter. Like, that's just how it is. And then with the receivers, look, Antonio Brown in his last four regular season games has five touchdowns. Uh, in his two matchups against the Falcons last year, he torched them for 16 231 and three touchdowns. So you, you have to start Antonio Brown confidently. You have to start Godwin confidently. You saw more targets than anyone. The odd man out right now in Tampa, it seems like, is Mike Evans, who surpassed a thousand yards last year based on volume and buoyed his stats with 13 touchdowns. And there's a chance he scores three touchdowns against the Falcons. But he seems like the most touchdown dependent guy there. And somehow the guy who's being drafted ahead of everyone is the one that we're most concerned about after one week. It's it's it's, it's tough. I, I do think Mike Evans has a good game in this game, though. I think that he's I think that Tom Brady is going to give him a good game on purpose. Um, and it's not like you can't sit him against Atlanta. No, no, no way. No, of it's course. Atlanta. No shot. Yeah. I have him ranked as the as the number one receiver in the on the team, though, myself in my rankings. That might change by by Sunday. I do not. But like. One of these guys, or maybe even two, may disappoint, and you just there's no way of knowing against Atlanta because they are going to put up points 1,000. percent You just we'll see who who is the uh, the main benefactor this time right. around. Last week it was Godwin, AB, and Gronk, and Evans was the odd man out. Let's see if uh, let's see what happens this time around. They should be able to put up. I, I like Tom Brady as a quarterback this week again. I know he doesn't run, and people are don't really like that this day and age in fantasy football world, but that didn't stop him from putting up 28 plus points last week. And uh, it's another big spot for him to have a similar type of game. Remember when uh, Matt Ryan put up no points against one of the worst secondaries in the NFL last year. I remember that. I don't want any part of Matt last, Ryan last week. Yeah. Last week. Um, you said last year. <laughs> no, last year. Yes. Last year was what I meant to say. Go back and listen to what? the sentence. I can't remember what the sentence is, but they they were they were one of the worst secondaries last year. The Eagles. That's what I said. Um, so basically, just to wrap it up, Michael says for sure don't start Kyle Pitts. That's what Michael says. That is Michael's message yeah, to you. Yeah, stop that. No, no. <laughs> Vikings at Cardinals is the next game. I'm worried for the Vikings in this game because from what I saw from the Cardinals, the combination of Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt is going to give a, an already bad offensive line who came into the year ranked 28th and did not do much to uh, to uh, increase that ranking, uh, according to PFF. Um, somebody who is... They're going to face two complete, utter monstrosity monsters. And, and that makes me concerned. It makes me concerned for Justin Jefferson because that means the big play is less likely. It makes me concerned for Adam Thielen because they might not be visiting the red zone as often. And it makes me concerned for uh, uh, O.J. Simpson. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's, his, what's his name again? K, what's, his, what's his name? <laughs> K.J. Osborne? A.J. K.J. Osborne. <laughs> uh, oops. 
I did not expect to hear OJ Simpson right now. I, I didn't say yeah, I said you know, OJ Simpson. got Sim- murder on his mind. Uh, I got murder on my mind. Uh, go ahead. Holy uh, talk to save me. Save me. Save me and my soul. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be talking about. Um, like uh, which team? The Vikings. Really the Vikings offense, I... and that I'm worried about. <laughs> okay. I'm worried about Cousins. I'm playing Jefferson, but I'm not doing so with any happiness. I'm not expecting much from Thielen, and Dalvin Cook is the only guy who I'm like, all right, he's kind of. He, I, I think that he's gonna get his because he's Dalvin Cook. All right, now that now that that's over, Tim, you uh, you funny guy, you. Um, no. Like, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I'm starting Justin Jefferson. I'm starting Adam Thielen. Like, I understand Arizona had a very good performance against Tennessee um, last week, and Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt seemed like a, a very dynamic pair. But it was week one. Maybe a new uh, offensive coordinator in Tennessee, maybe they just need time to meld a little bit, and maybe the – Arizona defense isn't miraculously the best defense on the face of the earth. Minnesota has had the same offense for years now, and they don't need time to acclimate or anything of that sort. Kirk Cousins is typically very efficient. They had a pretty rough game against Cincinnati, but they still had some um, <clears throat> some nice outputs receiving-wise, like Adam Thielen, the two touchdowns over 100 yards, I believe it was. And then Justin Jefferson, who, man, that was a touchdown. Like yeah, caught, right. What the they, hell? It was such a touchdown. Like what so the hell obviously was that, a touchdown. Man, that really pissed and they me even, off. They even reviewed it. Like, what are you doing? The review took he mad up, long too. The review was like like minutes. He ended up five for seventy one, which is decent. But if it was five for seventy two and a touchdown, it'd look a lot better, and people wouldn't be like concerned. I don't think. And it ended up just being the offense that we expected from Minnesota, really. Just Thielen had the big game this time around. I would I would um, beg so, to differ because uh, Mr. Simpson had too many had too many catches. Osborne. Mr. I'm, KJ I'm, Osborne. Yeah, KJ Osborne. Like, yeah, that, you, yeah, that you weren't was expecting that. a surprise. That was certainly a surprise. That was um not what I was expecting, KJ Osborne to have a big role, but they also dropped back to pass probably more than they would have liked um last week. So I don't think that's going to continue. Like, I don't see KJ Osborne continuing to be a huge part of that offense, especially in a, or, or maybe he just continues to take the tight end targets, right? Like the tight end wasn't super involved. Well, Tyler Conklin, take that back. They'd have four targets himself. So we'll see, but I don't think KJ Osborne takes, continues to take work away from um, Thielen and Jefferson. But yeah, I mean, it's not like their cornerbacks are tremendous. They got Byron Murphy, Robert Alford and Marco Wilson. Like if the offensive line, isn't completely in shambles like it was against like Tennessee was against Arizona and they give Kirk Cousins a little bit of time to throw, they're going to find success. So I'm starting Thielen. I'm starting Jefferson, I'm starting cook, the, the main three guys as always. And I'm just going to roll with it. Cause I don't, I don't think that Arizona miraculously became a, a top end defense that just dominates everyone weekly. It happens every year. Someone I mean, we'll see, but it was one week. You know what? You know I have a little eye for these things, and I gotta tell you, the Cardinals defense. My eyes liked what I saw when I was watching that game. I mean, yeah, fucking Chandler Jones had five sacks. That was just a glorious game. I think the over under on one of the lines on it was like four and a half for his next game. 
Like, yo. Un- no, there's no way. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, it was on DraftKings. Like, I, I was listening to the No, man, they would not do it. that. They the would f- not put four and a half sacks because everyone would bet the under and everyone would win. The Well, not if the odds you were crazy. You misheard them. No, that's what no, they said on the no, fantasy footballers, no, and I agree, it. and I uh, trust them. Then they were making a joke. They weren't. That would not be. I'm, I'm done talking about this, dude. Cardinals. Uh, so about Tyler Anderson. Conklin went four for 41. That honestly yeah. might be his floor at this point. Um, especially if, especially if, Mr. Simpson sees less targets. Goodness gracious, guys! Enough. <laughs> Say Car- the actual name. <laughs> Cardinals time. Kyler Murray's Ozzie? the man. We'll call him Ozzy. Kyler Murray's the absolute man. Like, uh, I love you, Kyler. I love you. It was that so funny. play where he like ran and then oh my god went up and then dropped back and then completed for the first down was. One of the more miraculous plays we'll probably see this season. He was happened to come in week one. He seems like that guy on the football field when you're like 12. He's just the kid who's faster than everybody and and like no one can catch him. And he's he's small. So he frustrates people. He's like Jason. Uh, But he's like also the best player on the field. Um, So, yeah, I love Kyler Murray in this game against the Vikings defense. That did not look good. Um, Loving Kyler Murray. Loving DeAndre Hopkins, who is disrespected as not the consensus best wide receiver in the league, in my opinion. Um, AJ Green didn't really do much. Interesting. Rondell Green sucks. Yeah, Rondell Moore was interesting though, because Rondell Moore did get most of his yards on a broken play, the the play that you were talking about just now with Kyler. But with that being said, like he's he's a talented dude, so it's interesting um, from a receiving perspective. (laughs) He saw the five targets, which is getting people excited. He played 29% of snaps. That is simply not going to cut it. Um, Green played 80, Kirk 57, and then Moore down at 29. So no thank you for Moore unless that changes. I, I mean, if you want to add him and stash him, sure. But as long as he's getting 29% of snaps, you, there's no way you could trust him. Yeah, I could see Moore increasing his snap percentage, though, replacing A.J. Green, Christian Kirk. Kirk played 57% of the snaps. This is a guy who's been in the league for a while now. He's a do-do. He caught a couple touchdowns. Big deal. I don't want a guy playing 57% of the snaps with a quarterback who is going to run in touchdowns, who has DeAndre Hopkins to throw to. I don't want Christian Kirk. I'd like to see if Rondell Moore's snap percentage increases because A.J. Green is obviously washed. I'll tell you this. I'm putting uh, money down. Well, virtual money because I can't legally bet in New York. That James Conner scores a touchdown this week. Um, Joe Mixon just had a day against Minnesota. I think this ends up a high-scoring affair for Arizona again, and I think James Conner finds himself his finds himself in the end zone for the first time as a Cardinal. What about Chase Edmonds? I hope you're right. right. I just lost Moster, and I have to start Conner. So. Oof, that's ugly. I think Chase Edmonds is good too, man. Chase Edmonds, I think, was getting disrespected. A little bit this offseason. He's going to do his thing. And he basically split work rushing. Um, Connor rushed 16 times. Uh, Chase Edmonds ran 12 times. But the thing is, uh, Chase Edmonds also caught four catches for 43 yards. And it was it was more so Chase Edmonds as the lead guy. Um, overall, he played 58% of the snaps to Connor's 49. And I think that's going to continue. Chase Edmonds is going to be the main cog in that backfield. And he's gonna he's gonna get work. He just the issue with Chase Edmonds is he's not the goal line red zone 
running back. So it'll be harder for him to find end zone uh, touchdowns because he's going to need to break out or he's going to need to be in there for maybe a two minute drill when they're, they're looking to pass. So it does hurt his stock a little bit, but I mean, he's going to be a useful asset the entire year as a running back to flex type of guy. And in this, it's a decent matchup here against Minnesota. So I like Edmonds as a, as a low end RB two here. Let's move on to our next matchup. The Titans at the Seahawks. Unless you guys want to talk any of these. No, we already talked. Nah. Titans at the Seahawks. We're going in with that one. The Seahawks. Russell Wilson had the highest deep ball percentage in week one. The most balls that went over 15 yards in the air. That's pretty damn good. That's something I want. Tyler Lockett was the beneficiary of that. So was DK Metcalf. And now they're playing the Titans secondary. That is absolute trash. Tyler Lockett, you know he has the ability to be up and down. I think this is another up game for Tyler Lockett. Uh, so I am going to lock it in for Tyler Lockett. And then I'm also obviously playing DK Metcalf. And I'm excited about both of those things. And Chris Carson, by the way, is now that Rashad Penny's out. Uh, Alex Collins moves up to second string. And it looks like it's going to be Chris Collins and no one else in that backfield. So, um, I mean, uh, uh, Chris Carson, not Chris Collins. Chris Carson, guys. Chris, Car- yeah. Chris Carson, that backfield against the poorest Tennessee defense again. Um you can't help but really like these Seahawks, and even Gerald Everett has a chance at a touchdown again. I I said, because you guys were shitting all over me for actually liking Tyler Lockett this year a little bit, because, oh, up and down, blah, 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 blah. I said, what if the new OC, Shane Waldron, comes in, and it's a little bit of a different offense where it doesn't lead to Tyler Lockett being this crazy up-and-down guy. And, I mean, week one was a very, very nice display by that offense. Russ went in. Um, DK had five targets. He had a decent game, but Tyler Lockett kind of stole the show. 85% of snaps, five targets, the two touchdowns, and 100 yards. Gerald Everett, a couple targets. Will Disley, three targets. Chris Carson, three targets. It was spread around a bit, but each each of those guys was used, and they ended up not even throwing that many attempts because they had a very efficient game, very Russell Wilson-esque. Um, so I'm with you, Tim, and that I'm starting Metcalf. I'm starting Lockett, and I'm, I'm interested to see if this – if Lockett has another big game, if he could continue to be a consistent producer in this new uh, new offense without Brian Schottenheimer. And like you said with Chris Carson, 78% of snaps. I also think OC Shane Waldron showed that he wants to use his guy. And now Rashad Penny is banged up too. We're talking about a running back who is going to get all the work on a super dynamic offense in a really good matchup. So we said it all off season. If we knew Chris Carson would stay healthy, he would have been a top 20 pick easily. He was falling to the third, fourth round because of injury concerns and such. As long as he's healthy, he's a locked and loaded RB one. Yeah. I, I can't help, but agree with that. That's uh, there's no reason to think that he's not on the other side. You also have Derrick Henry who wasn't very good last year, uh, last week. Any worried about any worries about Derrick Henry? Everyone is pointing to the same stat because once one person brings up something cool, everyone steals it. So I guess I'm just gonna say here too, and I'm a part of the people that I'm hip. Uh, I'm being a hypocrite right now. The the Titans ran like 11 percent play action last week under Arthur Smith. It was closer to 30 to 40 percent. It's one game. I'm not going to panic over one game. The issue wasn't play action. It was the fact that no one could block Chandler Jones or anyone else on that offense. 
So I'm not going to panic just yet, but this is a good matchup. The Seahawks are going to put up points. Their defense isn't great. The Titans should come out and have success. So I'm starting Tannehill again. I'm starting Henry again. Julio, A.J. Brown, Ferkser in deep leagues if you need a tight end, but I'm not super happy about it. And I'm hoping for the best. I I don't – there's no Chandler Jones on the Seahawks, so I like to see how the offensive line holds up. And I'm not giving up hope on Tannehill after one game. Like, this is just – everyone shook about the Titans' offense and probably the people who – didn't come around on Ryan Tannehill until this offseason. So yeah, like, oh, I finally out, like this guy. And now and now he has one bad game. And he wasn't even an awful game. He had a rushing touchdown. So if you started him, you weren't, he didn't kill you. He had one one mediocre game and everyone is panicking. Yeah. Now we're gonna act chill like out he's with still... your one play action stat and calm the fuck down. Like he still doesn't have AJ Brown and Julio Jones to throw to as well. Like AJ yeah, Brown practice. Every AJ Brown practice on a Wednesday this week. He's about to go Ayo. to ends. Um, yeah, and I now mean, they get um they get this matchup um against the um Seattle Seahawks, which obviously is not a scary matchup. So I mean, I'm starting Ryan Tannehill again. I'm starting AJ Brown. I'm starting Julio Jones. Like those are the key cogs in this offense outside of Derrick Henry. And it is a I one thing that was like super shocking to me because. I just I don't like it, and I have a lot of this guy in best ball leagues, and it's pissed me off. Is Josh Reynolds hurt, guys? Did I miss something, or did he legitimately just not play? Because he did not register a single snap. Chester Rogers, 61% of snaps and six targets as the third wide receiver. I thought Josh Reynolds was lined up to be the third starting wide receiver, unless there was an injury I didn't know about. I have to Google it. My plan was to search, and then I forgot to search. So I'm going to search now, but that uh that was concerning to me. Um, he was, he was an actor or not. He had a foot injury. Oh, okay. So, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Cause I was like, why is like Josh Reynolds not seeing any work? I like him as like a injury replacement type guy. If something happens yeah. to Brown or Julio and let's be real Brown or Julio getting hurt is almost a certainty this year, but you're definitely starting them this week and Tanny against Seattle because this has a chance to be, I, I'm not looking at the Vegas lines, but I assume this has one of the highest totals of the week. Uh, by the way, I just wanted to say this because I missed it, and it's very important. On the Gerald Everett front, Tennessee was dead last in DVOA against the tight end last year. So that's something to be aware of if you're streaming tight ends. Like, if you had Mike Kosicki and Gerald Everett on the waiver wire, I'm picking Gerald Everett. And I think he's... Will, Will Disley only played one less snap than Everett and out-targeted him by one, so three to two. So it's almost an even split between the two. So I'm, I'm still a little weary about Gerald Everett. The uh, over/under for this game is fifty-three and a half, so a respectable damn, number. That's, that's that's high. The the Seahawks are six-point favorites, so I think 30, that's so thirty implied. A little points. disrespect. I'm not gonna lie. So is that around thirty implied points? Yep. Look at uh, Tim. You put it in Vegas line, and Tim's like, I know how to do quick math. I'm I'm okay at quick <laughs> math. I'm just not confident in it. Like I'll I'll do it in my head, but I, I do it in a weird way. So I'm just. I'm good at finding, like, the roundabout numbers, like about 30, about, about. It's probably, like, 31 or 32 or something like that. Um, Gotcha. Cowboys at Chargers is next, unless you guys want to talk about anyone else in that Titans game. 
I think we're good. I think we're good. Cowboys at Chargers is next. It's an interesting one because this is the first time in Austin Eckler's career that he got at least 10 attempts, none of which being a pass attempt. I like target. the char- I, t- target. Excuse me, a target. Yeah, pass attempt. Same shit. Um, hey. I'm concerned, but a lot of thing, a lot of things can ease that concern, including a matchup against the Cowboys defense. Who I really love in this matchup is Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I think both of them will be targeted heavily. I think that that's the the weakness of the Cowboys is in their secondary, and Justin Herbert's the real deal. So I'm starting Mike Williams as a wide receiver two. I'm starting Keenan Allen as a wide receiver one uh, against the Cowboys, and I'm loving the wide receivers uh, for the for the Chargers, man. I'm I'm loving them. First, I want to say Austin Eckler had zero targets, but he ran 25 routes. So he ran a route on 50% of Herbert's dropbacks. I'm not panicking just yet. Um, I'd like to see that him makes me out. even more nervous. To be honest with you, like at least if he wasn't getting routes and he didn't get a target, like I would be okay with that. But instead, what that shows me is he went out on half of his snaps, 25 targets, and Justin Herbert just being in a new offense and having his own tendencies, then not having to like pick up another person's offense with their tendencies. That's bad. That's bad news for me personally. Relax, man. It's right, one game. This happened last just, season, too. No, it didn't happen last season. Sense, it's never man. happened before. He had one target game one last year. Relax. Not zero. Aaron Rodgers yourself for a minute, man. Jeez. You're it's like a... He also got the goal line carry. You're acting like you just started playing fantasy football. Go ahead and trade Austin Eckler for pennies on a the dollar then. Relax. I didn't say that I was going to do that. Trade I just said that I don't like him. You to relax. That I'm worried about him, but you know he's playing the Cowboys. This guy scored a touchdown and ended with double-digit points, and you're acting like he fucking completely shit the bed or something. Give it a minute, for crying out loud. Give it another game at the very least. But I'm with you. On the topic generally. of Mike Williams, his career average up to target is 15 and a half. He's been a deep threat to do player his whole career. His A dot last week was 9.8. So. I do think Mike Williams is going to be a lot more intriguing this year if he works the intermediate Ooh, routes. Jason, how much does that hurt to say? I said if he works it. I'm not I'm not convinced <laughs> after one game he's had a good game <laughs> in his Words life before. I also recall <laughs> last week watching Mike Williams drop a touchdown and look at Michael and say, what a fucking to-do this guy is. So let's not forget that that happened as well. He did. He did drop. It so I'm just saying. Drop. I want to keep an eye on what his route tree looks like this week. What I also was intrigued by was Jared Cook running 19 uh, 19 routes out of the slot. Fourth most among tight ends. That's Hunter wild. Henry ran 20 routes out of the slot per game last year. So he basically stepped in and replaced Hunter Henry. He just Eight doesn't targets. have the name as Hunter Henry. So Hunter Henry was a tight end 10 option every week last year but people were starting him as like a tight end five just because of his name and now jared cook is going to be like a tight end 10 option but he's like tight end 15 because of his name but boom it's like the two complete polar opposites but they're both meeting hey, yeah, boom, in the boom. middle a tight end 10 hey, hey boo boo um all right i mean it's it's a good i didn't know that stat before you just mentioned it so that's some shit that it makes me rethink jared cook and where i have him in my ranking so i'm gonna have to move him a little up it made um, me rethink it too. 
On the other side, and Justin Herbert's obviously a play here. On the other side, the Cowboys, Dak Prescott's a play. The Chargers do have a much better secondary um, than... Man. But you're still going to play C.D. Lamb with confidence. You're still going to play Amari uh, Cooper with the utmost confidence. Yeah, I don't care if they're playing the uh, the all-star team. At this point, you just start your Dallas Cowboys, period. Um, the Monstars? I mean, Zeke... <sighs> I'm expecting a bounce back game from him. He didn't suck, bro. Um, he just didn't have the opportunities. He sucked. He sucked. I disagree. He had the fourth you're highest snap rate of all running backs. Though. Yeah, but he was. But he had how many of those turned into touches? Like he was in on pass protection for the yeah, most part. Yeah, they didn't part. really he, run the ball. It was he, a little odd. It's he not dominated like they were completely out of it. I don't know if you watched the highlight film of his Enough pass with protection. This. He dominated yeah, pass so protection. Annoying. He did though. You're just the typical person. I hated that last week. You just yeah, hate fucking go ahead and add, Jason, add pancakes. To you think points. Zeke had a bad game? You don't know <laughs> how to watch tape. No. He blocked everyone so well. He blocked two people at one time. <laughs> Who is Jason? All of Twitter. Time. Everyone just takes their own fucking take. They see one take and everyone just says it over and over. Oh, Ryan Tannehill didn't run play action. It was 10%. Just fucking filter the same shit. It's dumb. It's all dumb shit. Fine. Zeke blocked well last week. I don't give a fuck. It's a fantasy football. He's going to be on the field. That's the only good thing. But if he's going to be on the field for passing downs when he's going to block and not run routes, then that's concerning. Yeah. All right, Jason, now that you got that out of Let your system. Let me also add that he sucks. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who sucks? Zeke. You're walling. He's bro. a normal ass running back, you are, bro. You are He's bugging. just a normal ass running back, and he has been for like three you're years. Bugging. Now. He's but gonna anywho, bounce back in this game, and you're I all gonna met, feel stupid. I have an RB eleven, which is below consensus. That's actually right at consensus. Maybe I'll have to move him down just, just you know, just to give him some um, confidence back. Like I don't believe in you, Zeke. Prove me wrong. But I'm definitely starting Coop. I'm definitely starting Lamb every week, no matter who they're playing against, because those two look like a fucking super dynamic duo, especially with Gallup out. They might end up seeing 15 targets each a game, dude. Like, they did last week. Wouldn't be shocked if it happens again this week, really. Cedric Wilson is an interesting third guy as long as Gallup is out, but not against the Chargers. I wouldn't want to trust a Cedric Wilson. But, yeah, I mean, you're starting Coop, you're starting Lamb. You have to start Zeke. He better do something this week. Otherwise, you better hit the panic button if you drafted Zeke because I didn't. I don't have any Zeke. I wasn't going after him this year. Um, week one was not good. Let's see how week two goes for him. Um, first Despite what all, I said, I'm not like – it's not like I'm out on Zeke. Like, I think he'll have a good game. I just, I'm just tired of hearing about his blocking. First of all, Jason, I just want to tell you, don't suck it. No, first of all, I don't copy Twitter's takes. Okay, I made the take all by myself. <laughs> all right. Secondly, Tim did. I don't, uh, I don't know Twitter if you take. know. I don't know if you know this. Tim did tell me that before I saw it on Twitter. So just throwing that out there. I don't know if you know this, Jason. But everyone stole it from you, though. You think that everyone who's not doesn't think exactly the way you think is stupid. <laughs> So, true. yes, you generally, do. Though, generally, that's the case. Though. Generally, <laughs> generally, that is the case. So, No, I'm saying generally the case is the people not thinking like Jason are stupid. <laughs> Ew. Uh, it says... Go Team Brodo. Says Jason's twin brother. All right. Um, 
Very like-minded individuals. <laughs> let's go on to the All next right, game. Sunday Night Football. The Chiefs at the Ravens. Great game here. Sunday Night Football this on is, uh, MSG. This is going to be a fun one, The and the Ravens are the best on TV. Michael, how are you not singing with me, man? Lamar and Mahomes. Former MVPs. <laughs> that was good. But Tim. <laughs> no, I gotta just say, yeah, I, I wanna, hey I Jack, say. who is that running back? <laughs> I just want to put this out there. It's not J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edward. I fucked that around. <laughs> your your words to this ridiculous song <laughs> that has somehow run run all the way this Sunday many night years. Football on you you just replaced the word. It used to <laughs> it used to be like you did the Friday Night Knicks theme. And it, so it made sense. All you do now is just replace NBC <laughs> with MSG. And it's the same song. Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. Mello but, and the Knicks are the best <laughs> on TV. Get out of here. I do. Anyway. Um, I just wanted to say, oh, this game is going to be so damn good. And me, Jason, and Johnny are going to be at a wedding. Oh, what time's the wedding? 6 p.m. Oh. Uh. I was I, just so you guys know. I was also at least we got to see the rest of. The I was also invited to this wedding. I just can't go. Everyone's probably at home like, oh, the, the three brothers got invited, yeah. but no, no, it's a very good family. <laughs> you're a loser, friend. Tim. Family, good family friend. Loser. Right? If you if you listen to your Joe Santagato's fan, he has a friend Gio who he goes on vacation with and always takes pictures with. It's his mom. It's his mom's wedding. So uh, shout out to her. Uh, she's a great woman. Uh, but with that being said, two great teams. Yeah, she is. Chiefs at the Ravens. The running back situation for the Ravens is interesting to me because Devontae, Devontae um, Freeman, thank you, just got called up instead of Lev Bell. That was a surprise to me. I was in the, the camp of Lev Bell might have some juice left. Uh, it's starting to be looking like I got to close down camp. Um, Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray split carries. John Harbaugh said that it was going to split carries. And... You know, I liked Tyson last week, but people spending up on Tyson, people sending up on, on, on Latavius Murray, I was low on Gus Edwards and I was low on on uh, J.K. Dobbins because they're part of not only a split backfield between two running backs, but also Lamar Jackson. And now it's just two less talented players in those exact same roles because it does seem as though Tyson Williams has the J.K. Dobbins role and and Latavius Murray has the Gus Edwards role. Like it that's how it played out during that game. If that continues, I don't want any part of the less talented version of a backfield that I was already fading. Um especially against the Chiefs where the Ravens are probably going to be in a situation where they're gonna have to score. What do you guys think? I'm a little concerned about this backfield going to this game just because look Tyson Williams played most of the snaps in the first half Tyson but he, he fine Tyson but he blew a few blocking assignments and then they came out in the second Jason's half about running backs uh, pass blocking Tim <laughs> and it mattering <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah 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 I'll tell you why it matters. Yeah, yeah, because because uh, Jason because Jason thinks it. That's why it matters. I think Jason's right here. Let him speak. And then they come out in the <laughs> second half, and Latavius Murray gets a bulk of the work. 
So that tells me they stopped trusting Tyson Williams to block. And you know what running backs are going to have to do against the Chiefs in a game where they're going to have to pass and score? Pass block. So I'm intrigued to see if this means Tyson Williams doesn't get a lot of work or if he gets phased out early. I could I be on to nothing. I could be on to something. But I'm, no, I'm weary uh, of the Ravens running backs. So am I. I'd, I'd rather not. I mean, I said last week I'd rather not start a Ravens running back. Tyson ended up having a good game, and whoever started him was probably happy. But like Jason said, man, Latavius Murray just took over in the second half, and now Devontae Freeman is active. I'd rather stay away from this backfield, even in what should what could be a shootout against Kansas City. Um, obviously, quarterback-wise, you're starting Lamar Jackson. Hollywood Brown has had, like, 10-plus straight games of double-digit PPR points. Um, he was getting shit on so much that he was basically just like forgotten about and now with all the injuries in Baltimore he's basically forced to be the number one wide receiver yet again um 69% of snaps six targets last week but then Sammy Watkins 82% of snaps eight targets and you could go with the it's Sammy Watkins week one narrative or you could go with the revenge game kind of narrative number one option in terms of snap rate narrative still a bunch of injuries all over the place in that offense narrative maybe Sammy Watkins isn't just a one hit wonder this year where week one he has a great game and that's it like I'm actually ECR expert consensus ranking for Watkins right now has him as a wide receiver 58 I think I'm going to have him inside my top 40 45 receivers I think he has a chance to have a decent game here because I mean Someone's going to have to catch the ball. They're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Hollywood like, has a good game in this game. I'm I'm starting him happily I do in a couple too. leagues. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I said Hollywood has been very consistent, and I have him at wide receiver 31, also above consensus. I think I'm going to be above consensus on this passing offense because why not against KC, especially when their running back room is in flux. So, uh, And I'm starting Mark Andrews 100%. I know Mark Andrews had a – Really upsetting game in terms of volume and just overall output with all the injuries around, but he was on the field a ton. He saw a lot of targets again, five to be exact. He should see more um, this week. So I'm not like, I'm not giving up on Mark Andrews. You're starting Mark Andrews, but I think Marquise Brown and Sammy Watkins may be uh, underrated options this week. I know Jason's probably going to tell me to shut up about Watkins, but I, I, I think he's a, he's in a decent spot, man. Yo, Michael, shut up about Watkins. <laughs> there it is. Um, I expect Mark Andrews to get more targets. 16% target share in a game where they had to pass. Or, it was weird. I expect him to get more work. It was weird. I expect Marquise Brown to get his. He's become a pretty reliable receiver. I'm not, I'm not, taking, a, I'm not taking a gander on Sammy Watkins. Yeah, you want to... Take a oh bet. my goodness, Sammy Daniel Watkins. Jones just missed a wide open oh, s- oh my God. wide open fucking what's his face? Slayton. Slayton. It hit off Slayton's hands, but it was too far. Nah, Slayton, Slayton was already full has dive a touchdown. Yeah, he does. Slayton was full dive on that throw. He was wide open. He just fucking left the corner in the dust. But Jay, Jay, you want to bet um Sammy Watkins as a top forty receiver? Forty is the best you can give me. 
I mean, that's like a high end flex. Do yeah. 36, like, because you're not a bayback bitch. <sighs> Fine. I'll fucking do 36, you annoying ass. You don't just pick 40. Yeah, I do. I just did. 36 is the threshold. <clears throat> he said, Yeah, I do. I just did. This is how Michael wins his bets. <laughs> Just yeah, takes, I'm yeah, back to back to back shit. Back to back to back champion. All right, I'll give you thirty. You wanna bet Sam Watkins top off. eighty receiver? You want <laughs> you want to bet he has seventy four and a half receiving anuses inches? I don't know why I said anuses instead of inches. Yeah, um, what? what? I bet you he's forty seven receiving inches. Um, anyone else on this Raven squad that's worth mentioning at the moment? Obviously, you're playing uh, Lamar no. Jackson, and you're excited about it in a matchup like this. You're also playing Patrick Mahomes on the other side. Um, I mean, the Chiefs Bro. are a really easy offense to predict. You're playing Tyree we Kill, shouldn't who even... went crazy. You're playing Travis Kelsey, who went crazy. You're playing CEH. That's it. That's what you're playing. I don't even think we don't. We could literally have the same podcast. We could record our Chiefs and just place it every single week and i don't <laughs> think people would notice <laughs> because you play mahomes you play hill you play kelsey you play ch done don't give me this Miko hardman bullshit three for 31 with patrick mahomes throwing for 390 yards and three touchdowns he played less snaps than demarcus robinson what are you people surprised about maybe a not very good receiver is in a role that has never been good and it just isn't going to produce shocker right guys wow what a shock like, it's ridiculous. So, no, do not start Miko Hardman, even though it seems like, oh, yeah, it might be a shootout. Yeah, Miko Hardman. Go, Miko. Like, it seems like they, he has a whole fan club all over the world for whatever reason. It's like Jay Ajay all over again. These quasi I was about to dads say, are Jay Ajay's quasi dads now the quasi stepdads of Miko Hardman? I think it's, these, are the yeah, Dar- these, are the Dar- these are the Darwin Thompson fathers. But Darwin I will tell Thompson. you one thing. One thing that isn't just like, regurgitated at this point because you know who to start on Kansas City. CEH, I mean, is this guy ever going to look anything other than ridiculously normal yeah, at like this point? average as fuck. Like, CEH is not someone I drafted this season. I'm pretty happy about that with this week one performance against Cleveland. This dude just seems like a pure volume-based back who doesn't even do much with the volume at this point. Like, he just seems super, super, super average. Um, let's like, go nothing on. that makes you say, wow, yeah. watching him play. Yeah, agreed. I and agree. It's a tough matchup here. So it's low, upsetting. Low I end. believed in Andy Reid when he drafted him. But he just looks bleh. Low-end RB2, in my opinion. Um, let's go over to the last game. What do you guys say? The Lions at the Packers in what I think is going to be a game where a lot of Monday Night Miracles end up being uh, answered uh, i really do think that i think it's gonna be a high scoring Bro, game i think the Packers... i'm going up against aaron jones and deandre swift in our home league i'm not gonna oh know boy. shit until oh Monday boy at you might midnight. have you might have like a 49 point lead and be i wouldn't feel safe Monday at night. all yeah <laughs> so i want to no matter what my i'm likely gonna be leading going into monday no matter what my lead is i'm not gonna feel safe Basically, yeah, yeah. It's, and, and you'd be and you'd be correct because this is going to be a high scoring matchup and the Packers can't stop a nosebleed from the running back room like the running backs have been carving up the Packers for the last two years. Um, again, it's kind of like that Matt LaFleur kind of like if you want to run against us, go ahead. But like it's, it's kind of that that coaching tree, the Sean McVay coaching tree, like 
if you want to, we're, we're going to bend, don't break. You can run all you want, um, which is good because Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, I think, are both playable RB twos or better. I have I have DeAndre Swift as an RB one. I have Jamal Williams as an RB two. You saw the usage that Jamal Williams got last week. I think it would be foolish to say that that was an aberration, especially considering. Anthony Lynn's history of using two running backs, him saying himself that he's the 1A and Swift is the 1B, and just like everything has been pointing towards Jamal Williams is going to be someone who's going to touch the ball like crazy. So I'm starting him with confidence in this this game against a bad run defense. I'm also starting TJ Hawkinson, and I didn't get a chance to talk enough about TJ Hawkinson in the offseason. I missed the Detroit Lions heat wave. I just want to put this out there how much I like TJ Hawkinson this year. When I was ranking, I rank with tiers. And on the top tier of tight ends, I put Travis Kelsey, Holy moly. Darren Waller, George Kittle, and TJ Hawkinson. That's how much I believe in TJ Hawkinson. And I think that what he did last week is just, is just m- proof that even in the hardest of defensive matchups, that he's going to get targeted so much that it's literally going to be impossible for him to bust, particularly as a tight end. I think that he's entering that elite tier. Everything I see on the field from him shows me that he has the talent to enter that elite tier. He was drafted to be great. TJ Hawkinson is going to be the steal of your draft wherever you got him. I love TJ Hawkinson this week too. And those are the three guys I'm starting and I'm staying away from all the wide receivers. Michael, you you screamed holy moly. Why? J.D. McKissick just put no, a chair out and a half on the corner for like a 60-yard gain. Jeez. Oh, touchdown. Washington just took the lead. And okay. now cool. touchdown. Ricky Heels Bones. Oh, Ricky Heels Bones over here. Ricky Seals Jones with the touchdown. Damn, wow. I'm just Washington getting I'm just getting like yeah, Heineke's warming up on the sideline for me right now. There's only two plays. Damn, it sucks that McKissick's on the field in these situations though, for, for Antonio. Tim, I, I know you really like you really like Jamal Williams. You really like TJ Hawkinson. Both looked great after week one. Jamal Williams, 35% of snaps, 18 touches. That does not line up. 35% of snaps is a little scary. I want more if I'm going to start a guy as a backup running back. We'll see how the targets go this time around. And relax with the TJ Hawkinson victory lap. He had a very good game. We'll see how this offense operates. They had one Michael, good game to start. I, I can't wait to make you tell me that I was right about TJ Hawkinson. Like I can't wait for you to tell, tell me that. It's I'm just saying really you. Nice. It's gonna be really you're taking early victory laps. I, I, if you noticed, I've not taken any early victory laps because I don't want to get my hopes up for things. It's only been one week. Let's see how it plays out. Besides Corey Davis, taking victory lap on Corey Davis. <laughs> but time will tell. But in this case, against Green Bay on Monday night. Definitely starting Swift, like licking my chops with Swift against the Green Bay Packers. Um, Jamal Williams, I think, is an interesting flex play. The 35% snaps scare me, man. I understand the the nine targets, eight receptions, nine rush attempts. When he was on the field, he was getting a whole load, a whole lot of work, but it's 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 a little concerning. And then Hawkinson was clearly the number one cat receiving option. I mean, if you drafted him, he's your starting tight end. You're starting him 100% no matter what. So, Yeah, that's it's pretty easy on that side. Uh, no wide receivers to be played, especially against the Packers secondary. But the Packers also have a history of destroying the Lions. And Aaron Jones, if you look through his history, 
he does not follow up bad game with bad game. He rarely has a bad game. He even rarely has two bad games in a row. Um, and he's playing the Lions, who he's been torturing for years slowly. I love Deon, uh, DeAndre. I mean, um, Devontae Adams in this game. I love, obviously, Aaron Rodgers in this game, if I'm talking to him like that. I love Aaron Jones in this game. I love Robert Tanyan in this game. And I think MVS, who played more than his stats show last year, I mean, last week, I think MVS is a great play. I really do. I think he's a he's a he's like a sneaky start if you need a start. I think me and Jason are on board with everything that you're saying. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. MVS ran the same amount of routes as Devontae Adams last week. Am I right? Something like that. I don't he definitely he was on the field as much as Devontae Adams. He was the clear number two in terms of that. So in a game same amount against, of targets, seven each, Adams and MVS. Okay. So in a game against the Lions, after getting destroyed, you expect the Packers to just come out and kill it. So I expect a good game from Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. I wouldn't be surprised if MVS mixes in. I'd prefer him as a flex play than a wide receiver three. But I'm also running it back with Tunyon, who should do well against Detroit. You're yeah, firing man, up your like, Packers in this game. People are so on and off. They're like, Aaron Jones, he's going to be fine. Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be fine. Devontae Adams, he's going to be fine. MVS, he didn't have a good game, but look at the snaps. Robert Tunyon sucked. Like, what are you doing? Why are you just going to act like Robert Tunyon sucks and because of one bad game by the entire Green Bay offense? Where he was getting targets anyways. Like, he got four targets. So, yeah, I'm starting Robert Tunyon again, happily, as a tight end one. Um Let's see if Green Bay could bounce back from that atrocious performance because they should be able to put up 30, 40-plus points easily against this team. The snap count is interesting because Valdez-Scantling played 36 snaps, which is 63% of the snaps, but got targeted eight times, 22.9% of the targets. Alan Lazard played 39 snaps, but only got targeted four times. So still, like, the reason why MVS and Alan Lazard have never really been super sleepery is because they cannibalize each other. So it's going to be interesting to see if they do that again. I have, I have Lazard well above consensus now too. I think he's an interesting flex play this week. I don't see why not. You're just going to have to guess right on which one of the guys is going to be. Um, Yeah. What about AJ Dillon against the Lions? You think he he rushes for a touchdown? AJ Dillon has zero appeal as long as Aaron Jones is healthy. I think it is a little appeal against the Lions, but I wouldn't start him. But I think that, like, if you're going to start him, this he's going to need to score on one of his right. What five carries? Yo, so, Kenny Galladay no has been sucking in this game. He's dropped so many balls. That was Slayton that you're looking at. No, nah, that was Galladay. Uh, I'm again. I'm farther behind than you. Remember? I'm like. I'm yeah, like, I think that's uh that's the week two slate. It's great to great is. to be back, fellas. Yeah, yeah, it was great getting uh, your uh, your thoughts on the matters. Uh, especially because never forget everyone, never forget. If you don't you know agree, with, funny? If you I was don't about agree to... with Jason, you're stupid. Exactly. <laughs> I was about to say we forgot to do one injury away for all the games. Uh Jason, where could they find you? At BrotoFF Jason. Michael. At BrotoFF Mike. You can find me at BrotoFF Tim. Uh you can find Cass at BrotoFF Casanova. 
you can find us all at Brodo Fantasy uh, and at BrotoFantasy.com. The Fantasy Football by Brodo app is the place to dominate fantasy football. Please not only go and download that, but leave a rating. Uh, those those go a long way. So leave a rating, uh, whether it's five yes, stars please. or four stars. Please no three twos or ones. But if they if you feel as though it's a three two or one, then you do that because we take constructive criticism over here at the Brodo Fantasy Football. Bring it on, podcast. haters. <laughs> uh, with that being said, holla at <laughs> <What>? your boy. <laughs> later. Later. later.